0: Good morning everybody sorry i'm running a little bit behind um apparently there were some issues with my microphone at the uh, the early service and uh um i tried to do something to maybe help i don't know uh, so anyhow um and then this that and the other thing but uh let's get started lord god heavenly father i thank you praise you that we can be here today mm-hmm. And I pray that you would bless our time and bless our conversation. And I pray that your spirit would be with us and upon us in order to help us to grow in faith and in knowledge of your word and who you are and what you've done for us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so from last week, anything that is there anything that you remember at all? I wasn't the likely story, Dave. We
1: weren't King James' word for love is charity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that, that's actually something that's important to, you know, it gives a little nuance. That's what I remember, too. Good job, Kathy. I'm proud of you. I
2: don't remember anything else.
0: (laughs) You know, so one of the things that I'm learning is that if somebody remembers anything, I'm just thankful. Yeah. Yeah and i 'm even more thankful if it 's something good <laughs> okay the, the whole yeah the whole love thing yes yeah excellent all right, so um, I did put a, a few copies of this article um, do christmas do Christmas trees have pagan roots? Um, if you didn't get one and you want one, I do have one up here. If I need to make more copies, we can do that, um, but I want you to know that's available. If, you know, um, I, I noticed that that, uh, that conversation kind of struck a chord uh, yeah. when, I, when I brought it up. And, uh,
1: it was a surprise, because as he acknowledges, if you look at histories or something, they all... Yeah. Yeah. But this is the link that was on your Facebook
0: page? No, this is a different this article. This is a different one, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, on my Facebook, there's another article that you can take a look mm-hmm. at. But I think it's a really good point um, that uh, somewhere this this idea that Christmas trees and such are pagan, it really comes in the 1800s that that started to be you know posited by the uh, the, the the. Don't don't take this the wrong way, but it's the theological liberalism, um, which is not the same thing as political liberalism, but it, you know, it's. Uh, um, it is a step away from God's Word and it's basically it does not treat God's Word as completely true. This is not saying, you know, a lot of times we tie that word liberal to, you know, generosity and helping the poor. This is something that's different than that. Theological liberalism is a move away from the authority of Scripture and the historicity of Scripture. And, uh, and so it's not like anything could have existed before the 1800s that, you know, it's like we're figuring this all out and it's never happened before. And, uh, and therefore, you know, well, clearly, you know, paganism was around and we must have adopted this from them. I- I- except there are trees in the Garden of Eden and mentioned throughout the Old Testament that are part of the life of the people of God. Um, the festival of booths. Um, they used to take branches from trees and form booths, and you know, it was it, you know, it's part of the, the life of people yeah. living in the, a creation.
3: Where was the first church in America? You probably know that had
0: a Christmas tree in it. Oh, I know. I yeah, Zion yeah. downtown. That's right, Zion Lutheran. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so Basically,
2: what you're saying is somebody of influence back in the 1800s simply started a rumor.
0: Basically. Yeah, caught on. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm seeing more and more in the articles that are being written is, if you really look at what they wrote, there is no, uh, there's no solid historical, you know, footnoting for that. It's just, oh, look, these things are similar. You know, yeah, they are similar. You know what? The devil masquerades as an angel of light. He apes God. He pretends to be like him. He takes him his things, you know, and if anything, if you want to say that, you know, oh, we stole this from the pagans, we didn't steal it, we took it back. You know, that's, yeah,
1: I think, You know, um, we just finished doing the, the Huron Carol, one of my favorites. Yeah. And here you have a, a French Canadian missionary presenting Christmas to the, to the Native Americans. Talking about the chiefs from far mm-hmm. bringing uh, fox and beaver pelts to the baby who's wrapped in rabbit skin, uh, mm-hmm. and you know I think I think the, the flip side of it is when we see something like this that might have come somewhere else, it doesn't it doesn't carry the dirt with it. Right. You know, Satan may masquerade. But Jesus adapts, and we can take things that were pagan. So I, I guess I saw those same things, but I didn't have the reaction that you did to the sort of denigrated Christmas trees. I didn't see it that way at all. I just saw it as here is a useful tradition that we took over and, and, and managed to use it in a Christian way.
0: Have you ever had a pagan come to you and say, you Christians, you know, Christmas isn't even real. You just stole this from us.
1: No, I haven't. Because I, have. I have, you know, yeah. And it's like, no. Yeah, we didn't steal it. We, we you know, did something on the same date, but. <laughs> but it's not
0: even on the same date.
1: No, but it's near
0: it. <clears throat> it is near it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and so, oh, you know, the Christians, they just did this because, you know, darkness and light, and, you know, they're just copying us. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning was the word and God said let there be light. You know, this whole darkness light thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's
0: you know, all the, there. Yeah, you know, and that's it's old. I mean, back to the beginning old. And uh um and, and the, even the date of uh, of Christmas. Um did I did I explain the date of Christmas?
2: Yes. Yeah, we talked
0: about that. It's cuz it's I weird. Remember that. It's weird. Do you want to explain it
2: it was like probably when she conceived, not when she gave birth. The great
0: saints, it was believed, right. died on the day that they were conceived. conceived right. So we know that he died around March 25th.
2: Right. And so there. And so you go nine months died out. In December.
0: Yeah. Right. Which I, I mean, I have no idea how they would put that together, also, but that's what they believed.
1: Well, what about the, the things that you see? very often where they say, well, well, one thing we do know about the date of Christmas was that it wasn't in the winter because of the various fruits that are mentioned on the trees and such.
0: There aren't any mentions of fruits on any trees in the Bible. Mm. The I Bible gives us it next awesome, to nothing yeah. that really yeah. tells us, you know, <clears throat> what time of year it was. Mm. And
2: That's the pagans don't have, we, we couldn't have stolen from them unless they had the birth of a savior. Right. <laughs> right?
0: Um, so, are there things that we intentionally looked at and said, um, we're going to put something on top of that in, in order to take the focus off of this, you know, not Christian thing and so that people focus on Christ?
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Have you ever heard of the Parthenon? Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Over in Greece, right? Mm-hmm. What, what was, it? It, was
1: a a temple. Theater, it? A
0: temple to all the gods. All the gods. All the gods. Except at some point. And I don't know the exact story of how this all happened. <clears throat> the Parthenon was given to the Pope. <laughs> so, Parthenon comes from the word Parthenos, which means virgin. He renamed it after Mary. And so, um, you know, there is a date in the spring that we celebrate, you know, those different saint days, and there's one for Saint Mary. And they also attached the uh, original, all the, all the other saints to that day too, those normal saints, people who had died and gone to heaven, not like, you know, Anthony and, you know, Joseph and, you know, Ruth and, you know, um, and they decided, you know, so they took that pagan symbol and they made it about the Virgin Mary. And then they looked and they knew that especially up in Northern Ireland and there are other cultures that did this too around the same time of year at the end of October that they would celebrate this festival to the dead and kind of this thinning of the world and they're like we're gonna shine that uh, and we're gonna move all the saints to over there and we're gonna celebrate that when we die we don't have to kind of tread between the worlds but we go to heaven. That, that was you know All Saints Day is intentionally placed as a you know countermeasure to those beliefs, Christmas was not. It's actually way more rooted in the dates of you know these other events and yeah. So it's kind of fascinating because I, I my whole life that's what I thought. You know we just kind of randomly you know place it here. You know because it's you know um, what's Sol Invictus and all of this stuff Saturnalia. Which was celebrated in the United States early on, oh, once. What's it called? Once. once, yeah, because Saturnalia, they do the, the flipping thing where um, you know the master becomes the servant and the servants become the masters, and, oh, and they're well, like, they yeah, they, they,
1: they <laughs> be, and they're like, this this
0: got a little bit out of control and no way, <clears throat> so it was it was celebrated once.
2: Pantheon in Rome, which turned into a church.
0: Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> no. so, yeah. There is an element of truth that says we take, you know, things, uh, there, there's a guy I, I, I listen to in a podcast who likes to say, you know, we take things, God takes other God's things and, you know, makes them his own. But I think it's actually more, more accurate and correct to say that we reclaim things that were God's, that belonged to him to begin with. Okay,
1: there's a simple coincidence where every, we have
0: many cultures in the world, especially back then, where they did not interact with each other, except through some minor trade. But there's nothing saying that you can't all think something similar, especially in the darkest and lightest, and certain things like that. There's a lot of that spread throughout the world that is very similar between different cultures that have no contact with each other. Well, in Romans, it talks about God has written his law on our hearts, that there are things that we naturally know it's like they're hardwired into humanity. Mm -hmm. And, And so there are some things that when we see them, you know, it doesn't matter what your culture is, there's going to be some kind of a connection back to an origin story, which we know to be the scriptures, God's word, and our creator. So, interesting stuff, I think, anyhow. So, shall we jump into Romans? Jumping in Romans for months. Yeah. Years. We're you know, you're right years. Um but we're we are nearing the end. Um, there are 16 chapters and uh oh. Well, it's in my brain. Next Sunday is
3: Fourth, of Sunday, Fourth of Sunday of Advent, Advent yes,
0: and uh, uh, we only have one worship service, no mm. Bible study. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like a whiner, but I got enough to do that day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but are there pastries? <laughs> I don't know. We should ask about that.
0: We need to get with the youth, Can, you know, because that needs to be included in an email if they are. Um, <laughs> and, coffee. And, coffee, <laughs> and coffee, yes. <laughs> Coffee, I'm pretty sure we could figure out. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: so, no Bible study next week. No Bible study on the 31st. There's only going to be one worship service that day. So the next two weeks are, are off. Um, and then we'll get back that first uh, Sunday of January, which is the 7th, I think. Um, and, uh, and we're going to wrap this up. I think chapter 16 is going to go really quickly. There's... It, it, it's mostly greetings. You know, and, and so there are a couple of things that we'll need to talk about in there. And, and chapter 15 is very much a repetition of chapter 14. Um, you know, so we're, we are coming up on the end. So we need to figure out, not at this moment, but I'll bring some stuff with me in the new year, um, what we're going to do next. So for the last three years, uh, I have been writing all of this. I do the research and I write the lesson, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, that's you know, what I wanted to do, and just really do a deep dive on this. Um, I think it would be good for us to take some time, good for me, to take some time to benefit from some people who are good at writing some curricula, and I will bring some, and uh, um, we can talk about them. Uh, just broadly speaking, I have a, a, a series on uh, Lutheran uh, spiritual practices, that I'm, I'm interested in. This kind of fits with what I studied um, in my post grad work, and I'm I'm intrigued by some of the uh, um, the authors of those those books. So um, that's one that I'm interested in. Um, I got a study on baptism <laughs> that I think could be really good. Uh, I got one on the large catechism. Um, that one could be I think interesting, um, and uh, and then I got a couple. There used to be, well, there still are these uh, Bible studies that are called Life Light, and some of you maybe have done those in the past. They're really well done. Um, I've got one on creation, I've got one on new creation, and uh, one on, I think it's like the first eight chapters of Genesis or something like that. And, you know, but it's it's an actual curriculum, and uh, there might be some homework involved with some of these things, so, you know, (laughs) so anyhow. We'll get back into that in the new year. All right. So we were reading through Romans 14, uh, 13 through 18, which uh, I'll read again. Uh, Therefore, let us no longer judge one another. Instead, decide never to put a stumbling block or pitfall in the way of your brother or sister. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself. Still, to someone who considers a thing to be unclean, to that one it is unclean. For if your brother or your sister is hurt by what you eat, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let your good be slandered. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. So we spent a little bit of time talking about the matters of freedom, conscience, and love. Uh, we talked about the First Corinthians part of this section. I, I really want to, to hit this though, because it is so counterintuitive to us as United States Americans. You know, all of the, uh, all of the language around freedom, all of the um, ethos around individualism, uh, we are very much steeped in this. And some of it, is some of it good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, some of it is. You know, and I think that, um, I, I think that you know, when you look at some of the things that our country um, has accomplished over the, the last couple centuries, uh, a lot of it flows from this kind of self-driven idea, you know, um, mm-hmm. but does that mean that it's all good? No. You know, and and there are things for us to think about in in terms of how we relate to one another um, as brothers and sisters in Christ. How does that flow out from us in our relationship with our neighbors? And so this idea that comes to us in 1 Peter chapter 2, which echoes what Paul is saying. He says, submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. (laughs) <laughs> it's on the page, too. Oh, okay. um, submit is. as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Do we usually tie the idea of submit and freedom together? No, no we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> but they actually do go together. When we look at how the Bible talks about the human condition, um, It talks about, Jesus says, anyone who sins is a slave slave to sin. And so if you want to be set free, you know, it's no longer I am going to assert my will and my dominance. Mm -hmm. Freedom is actually the ability to submit to God and his will for us. You know, go back to Genesis chapter 3. You know, God confronts the serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. If God has to put enmity into the relationship between Satan and humanity, that means there had been, we were made allies by our sin with the devil. And God is saying, I am going to break that relationship so that instead of submitting to the will of sin, death, and the devil, you are going to be free to submit to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wrote a supposed hymn about that one. Really? I don't think it, I don't know. It was a crazy thing. Uh, the doctors had loaded me up so much with prednisone well, in preparation know. for some x-ray contrast that at 2 a.m. I became wide awake and went downstairs and wrote this hymn. <laughs> it was like Coleridge and the, <laughs> and the Ancient Mariner. But, uh, yeah, it it, it it talked about God uh, or Christ, you know, uh, breaking your chains. Yeah. And it, it, it delineated a lot of them, some of the obvious ones. Yeah. Uh, some of the not so obvious ones, but which Luther makes reference to, like, your children. Mm-hmm. You know, and Luther talks about that in A Mighty Fortress. So it's it's just got a whole <clears throat> a whole litany of those things. Sure. I'll, to, I'll, I'll get you pop.
0: Yeah. I'm glad course. to look at that. Okay. You know, when we uh, you know when we think about this this freedom and and such, you know, one of the great documents of um, the Lutheran history is something that's called uh, the bondage of the will. You know, uh, Luther. At the end of Luther's life, he basically said you can burn all of my stuff, but don't burn uh, the bondage of the will or the Heidelberg Disputation. I think he probably you know, should have included the catechisms in there and some other things too, which we have kept, thankfully. The bondage of the will is a very challenging document. Um, it basically says um, you don't have free will, not like you think you do. You know. You're not free to choose Jesus and to do all of the things that he's called you to do, not in and of yourself. You know, think about Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two says that you are dead in your trespasses and sins. Dead people don't choose things. But now you're made alive in Christ. So as a Christian, with the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, do we start choosing? And do we experience all of this as choosing? Yes, absolutely. You know, you know, but it's it's in light of what Jesus has done in us and His Spirit has done in us to make us alive. And you know, here we are in the, the season of Christmas, and Jesus comes to be the what of peace, Prince, Prince, of, peace. Prince of Peace. Yeah, um, and uh, we uh, unto you is born this day in the city of David. Uh, Savior. who is, Christ. oh, the Messiah, the Christ. Lord. Yeah. Oh, and a bunch of Jewish people just heard somebody say the word Lord, which is
2: God. God. God.
0: Yeah. Who is the what of the universe?
2: King.
0: King. But I'm going to tell him what to do. Right? This, this is not language that we're... we're you, we're used to dealing in you know, as Americans. And I think that it's it's actually important for us to, to think about who we are. And, and it's not that obedience saves us, but it flows from our salvation. And it shows our salvation, where we can hold on to the things of this world lightly for the sake of, of God. And, and to follow his ways and to be about his work and his will. So, you know, I think it's a challenging idea. Um, you know, we're, we're used to asserting ourselves, but Paul says, do not destroy by what you eat someone for whom Christ died. And I wonder, you know, if we really think about sin as something that is destructive. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, uh, we, we think of sin as you know foibles or just habits or you know little little faults that are in us. But sin destroys. It it destroys us, but it can also destroy people around us. Its impact is is corrosive. You know, and I think that that's one of the things that's really important. You know, when we think about you know, why would God want me to be obedient? Could it be that, you know, he created us and he designed us and he knows how our lives are supposed to work. And so he has put some boundaries around us in order that we might have life and have it in abundance, living in Jesus' forgiveness.
1: Could it be that a large part of salvation is realizing that some of these control things which we may have been so scared of are actually things we want to run we will take joy in running to rather than away from
0: that's interesting so you know in our salvation we take joy in obedience to god and that's yes, something yes, that as a sinner basically. we're like yeah i don't want anything to do with that mm-hmm. i want to do my own thing right Right. Well, that's, a, that's an interesting thought.
1: And, and in, our, in our individual lives, obedience to God gets broken down into, you mean I have to give up this? Mm-hmm. You mean I have to give up that? You know, those sort of things. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's hard. Yeah. It, 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 it chafes against our sinful nature.
1: Yeah.
3: We spend yeah. a lot of time and effort thinking about the things that we're not supposed to do and being upset about that instead of concentrating on the things that we're supposed to do.
0: Yeah, but I think that you know, knowing what we're not supposed to do is probably pretty important too. Yeah, yeah. but
3: that's not where the concentration should be. Concentrate. I, I don't know. Concentrate on God. Concentrate on what God has told you to do and do those things.
0: I, I, think, I think your first focus is, look what God has done for me. Look at the forgiveness and salvation. And then remember, um, you know, we've got these, these three functions of the law that it functions as a curb, a mirror, and a guide. You know, that, that first function of the law, the curb, you know, it's saying, don't do these things. And when you look at the commandments, you know, they tend to be, you shall not. Um, but even within that you shall not, there is the you shall. You know, the, the, you know, I, I don't think you can tease those things apart. And in all of it, it's always accusing us and saying, here's your sin. So you better go back to that one that forgives you.
3: We have to be careful because we're not like little kids. Um, We say, don't do it. They promptly turn around to do it because they put the idea in their heads. And when the Bible says, you shall not, we think, why not sounds good to me. And
0: there we go. Yeah, but in Romans it says that's exactly what the law is for. It causes this in us and we're like, you tell me I'm gonna do it. You know, and so it reveals sin to be sin, so that then we're like, oh yeah, I do need forgiveness and I do need someone to save me from myself. myself. <laughs> yeah. Alex. Um I kind of think the parable of the treasure in the field applies a little bit. Okay. You know, um, And, and I, I think it even goes a little bit further than that. I don't know that, I, I sometimes wonder if we know what real freedom is. The freedom to really, truly, the desire to do the things that God wants us to do. You know, I, I know that there are a lot of times that I do things purely because I know that that's the right thing and not necessarily because I want to.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and that there's often a, that, that tug. And to be so completely free that there's no thought of you know should I do this or not? No, it's just like oh yeah that's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know that, I think that's going to be a really radical experience. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think so too,
0: so. Yeah. <laughs> because,
2: yeah. I think the do nots of the Bible are still very important for believers. Mm-hmm. I was reading Romans 15 last week, and so I came out of that with uh, for my day do not live to please yourself. Well, I have to have it that way because I am prone to live to please myself, yeah. and so just to be told, don't do that. Yeah. But then it also gives you what to do in 15. Yep. Yep. Live to please your neighbor for his good. Yeah. So God tells us, don't do this, but He never leaves back. Anymore. Just don't do that. Do this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's one of the things I love about the, the, the small Catechism, when Luther explains the. Uh, It's don't, but do, you know, and that's essential to our lives. We have to be taught not just what not to do, but what to do in order to live this life of faith. It's good stuff, because it all comes from the Bible. um, so, you know, I asked the question there for us to think about, you know, do we think of sin as destructive? And then the other thing that I, I, I think is important for us to think about in terms of our change of perspective as we look at people, do we look at others as someone for whom Christ died?
3: <laughs>
0: not always. Yeah, not always. It can be challenging. You know, um, I remember uh, back when I was in eighth grade, uh, my pastor was teaching confirmation class, and, um, and he, he, he just kind of asked the question, well, who does God want to, to be, you know, in church? And uh, we were all like, well, everybody. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he starts describing people. <laughs> you know, and we're all like, oh. I'm not sure I want that person to be. <laughs> I, I, hey, Chris, do you remember those ladies' names at Messiah that sat in the front row? No. Oh, they were fantastic, though. Yeah. Um, they, they were both, they were sisters, and they had developmental, some kind of developmental delays. They were homeless, um, and they smelled like they were homeless. And they, uh, they would sit right in the front row. And it didn't matter who was preaching. At some point, if the sermon was starting to feel long, which is usually somewhere around five minutes, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, they would fight. I remember one time Pastor Beckman had to stop his sermon because they're, like, hitting each other. I'm like... Holy smokes! Do you want them in church? Yes. <laughs> and that's what yeah, 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 but you want them for the wrong reasons. <laughs> and, and that was one of the beautiful things that I learned from Pastor Beckman, just the way that you know, he loved people that, that came into that church just exactly the way that they were, you know, and, and just received them that way. Doesn't mean that you know, the behavior was going to be accepted. It doesn't mean that he wasn't going to call out sin. But they needed to be there because they had been affected by something destructive in their lives. And we are people who have the message that Christ died for sinners. Mm -hmm. And if they don't get it from us, where are they going to get it? They're not, more than likely. And boy, oh boy, does that open us up to some challenging situations and important ones when we think about the souls of others connected to our mission connected to our purpose this is this is this is our our product so to speak the message that christ died for you for all people and people need to know that and to believe it so um, he says uh, in verse 16, "Do not let your good be slandered," um, and, uh, uh, and basically he's saying you've received good gifts, you have real freedom in your lives. Don't use it in such a way that it becomes a curse in other people's lives. You know, um, you know, don't don't put yourself in a situation where you know people are going to speak badly because of your your freedom. You know, it's, he's not saying that you're not free. He's saying, restrain that so that it doesn't harm others. Do not let that which is good, that which is for you good, be slandered. Um, So is freedom good? Yes. Absolutely. So don't allow it to be slandered by misusing it and turning it into evil in the lives of others.
3: Just because we have freedom doesn't mean we have freedom to do anything we happen to please and think of it
0: that. That's true. Yeah, go back to the, you know, Romans chapter one, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, they not only, you know, approve of you know, the evil that others do, but they invent new ways to do evil. You know, that's one of my favorite, favorite passages, yeah.
1: Freedom is a double-edged sword because you have the freedom to choose between good and evil.
0: Mm-hmm. Except that as sinners, which way do we choose? We choose the sin side more often. Yeah, none more often. choose both. What's that? They
2: choose both.
0: No, as sinners, we just choose sin. It's only with God the Holy Spirit work in it's our lives Spirit. that then the, the other choice starts to, to come into play. Because we're literally not free to make that choice apart from Jesus and the work of the Spirit in our lives. Does that make sense? Um, so the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. In other words, the kingdom of God is not, you know, your own liberty and your own freedom, do whatever you want. It is righteousness, peace, joy. And all of those things are worked in the Holy Spirit in our lives. So when we look at, at who we are as the people of God, as we look at ourselves as a congregation, these are some metrics for us to think about. Is there righteousness? Is there peace? Is there joy are, are in our lives? You know, and again, remember when Paul's talking about righteousness, you know, he is very much talking about this righteousness that comes by faith. It's the declared righteousness upon us that then impacts the way that we live. You know, it, it's, it starts with what God has done. It's righteousness. The kingdom of heaven has come. Repent and believe the good news, Jesus says. And that's going to give us peace because the relationship that we have with God is no longer one of antagonism because he has put enmity between us and the serpent and he has reconciled us to himself. And isn't that good news to have joy at? That what he has done for us actually restores us to our God and our creator? Righteousness, peace, and joy. And it's all God's work in our lives. Can you,
2: can you not be a believer and
0: have righteousness, peace, and joy? I think you can have a facsimile of them. So, as an unbeliever, you—you have been. Christ has died for you, but how do you receive the gift? It's only received by faith.
2: So that's what you mean by facsimile. It.
0: Are there good people out there who do nice things and yes, they behave yeah, very that's, well?
2: that's what I'm thinking. That's, what I, that's where my, my yeah. thoughts are. You know, and that they, and I guess that's because they were born with that inherent gift from God, whether they recognize it or not.
0: They were born with their sin.
2: Yes, they were, but he also gave us. Christ died for all all people. Right. And died for them as well.
0: And he died for them as well. So the only way anybody gets into hell is by climbing over the dead body of Jesus. Right. However, are there people who will climb over the dead body of Jesus rather than receive his gift? You know, faith has to receive the gift.
2: So God chose us. Do we choose God?
0: Now that he's raised you. Yeah. But beforehand? What do dead people choose?
3: You don't have a choice.
2: Right. They're dead.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're in bondage to sin. Slaves. It talks about, you know, in, in like Romans chapter five. And so, you know, how does the slave get freed? You know, usually the way a slave is freed is he dies. And what happens when we're baptized? We're baptized into Jesus' yeah. death. And that's the gift He gives you. He gives you death to your sin
2: so,
3: so that
0: you can have that's new life. So
2: baptized but turns away from their, away from it?
0: Yeah, it is possible to, you know, reject our faith, you know, and, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but has the gift been given? Mm-hmm. Sure. And maybe the gift is rejected, does that mean that God is no longer working in the person's life? No. 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 You know, and so hopefully that person comes to repentance, you know, and, you know, lives in faith again and receives the gifts rather than rejecting them. Mm-hmm. You know, because remember that the word repent means to turn. You know, and, and we need that repentance in our lives. This is
1: sort of, there's, but there's a new ad out from Adidas. <laughs> I find it a very disagreeable ad. I do not like it and never buy any of their shoes because of it. But it features pictures of a lot of frustrated, angry babies. Have you seen that? No. You know, like trying to do things and failing. You can't control the ball. You can't control your bowels. You can't. <laughs> just, and it, and it, it, but it rings a bell that when. Things I remember, or maybe I remember remembering because it's way back, but older than that. But as you start to grow up, you discover you can move your limbs and you can make things happen. And you enjoy that. And then you discover there are limits. I can lift this, but I can't lift this. And 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 there's a frustration, a bodily frustration, and a rebellion, not against any moral laws, but just about basic reality. And and I can just I feel that when I when I feel that I want to do something that I know I should I, it, it, there's an echo of that through everything
0: like Yeah. 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 We, we're always torn in this world. You know, the good I would, I don't. That which I hate, that's what I do. That, that sounds vaguely familiar. Is it what book is that in? <laughs> it's, it's almost like you covered so many different things in this book. You know.
2: I do like reading Dr. Seuss.
0: <laughs> so, um, verse 18, whoever serves Christ in this way, whoever serves Christ in the way of righteousness, peace, and joy, um, that person, uh, they're serving him. He, it's, it, the person's a slave to Christ. So we're either slaves to sin or slaves to, to Christ. And slavery to sin leads to death and slavery to Christ leads to life. You know, and so Kathy, part of what you're talking about is the scandal of the particularity of the gospel, meaning that while Christ has died for all and he's won forgiveness and salvation for all, he's only made one path to him. you know in Acts, it says, "There's no other name given under heaven given among men by which we must be saved in Jesus." And Jesus says, "No one comes to the Father except by me." Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know. That's. Well, I
2: wasn't. I wasn't thinking that, that this righteousness, peace, and joy would get them to heaven. Okay. I mean, I was, That wasn't. That mm-hmm. I, but they do have that in their But I mean, people well, that can. will yeah. have that in their life, even if they're not. But, but like you said it's probably it's not the same as I
0: mean because I, I you know it's, it's not the same it's, yeah yeah it, it's but a, fact, it's they a know, facsimile like, yeah but they it would it, be that's what, what, they, what know. they know yeah and would label it that so are there people who um, do not know Jesus who are very peaceful mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. you know but they don't they don't have the full mm-hmm. sense of peace like in the Hebrew word shalom that is really rooted in the sense of um, healing and having a right relationship with God. They, they don't have that. They might have a lot of peace in terms of how they interact with the world mm-hmm. and with other people, but it's not the same thing, because they're, they're missing that key part. Uh, did I see your hand, Sue? Yeah. Um, it's
2: that, they could just be that they're fooling themselves about something. But hopefully, people being around us, they'll experience the real... Right. Not internally for themselves, but people actually experience the peace of God through
0: us. And, and what you're hitting on there is one of the really important parts of you know, why Christians should live and behave differently. It's not for our benefit, and it's not for God's benefit. It's for the people around us.
3: The sad thing is when people think that that good behavior is what's going to get them into heaven. Right. And that, that's sad.
0: Yeah, it is. But God forgives that, too. And he repents us of that, too. Um, so, you know, we, we want to be... Um, how does the verse go? Uh, whoever serves Christ in this way is acceptable to God and receives human approval. Um, so we're well-pleasing to God when we live in righteousness, uh, peace, and joy. And, uh, you know, remember, it's Christ's righteousness on us. And... That is going to, sometimes, lead to the approval of others. Um, they will say, look at how they live. Look at how they behave. That's different. You know, in Acts, a lot of people were drawn to the church because of the way that the Christians took care of one another. Yeah. You know, they, 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 you know, they loved one another. They cared for one another. They provided for one another. Um, And so both of these are tied to obeying Christ in the way of the kingdom of God, uh, righteousness, peace, and joy. So, um, I'm at time, but basically, uh, I'm not going to read Romans 14, 19 through 23. Please read that on your own. But it reiterates really everything that's been said. Um, And then we'll pick up this question when we come back in the new year. Everything that is not from faith is sin. We'll pick up on that idea. Okay. All right, thank you everybody. Um, if you haven't gone to church yet, go to church. I think the sermon isn't too bad this week, so.